Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of History and Film. I'm Rich Simmons. I'm still not exactly sure how I want to handle these. Originally, I had in mind that I wanted to cover exactly 100 or 101 movies, but there are certain other movies worth addressing, even if I choose not to include them in the official list. And I want the bonus episodes to be different, but different may just mean shorter for now, unless anyone has a better idea to offer. I welcome any feedback you might have. And for today, I'll just treat it as sort of a grab bag of little factoids. Now, I was initially going to include Ben-Hur from 1959 in the main list, but I didn't think it covered enough historical ground that we wouldn't get to elsewhere. And Ben-Hur, played by Charlton Heston, is a fictional character from an 1880 novel of the same name. So unlike maybe Troy or Excalibur, which aren't exactly historical either, Ben-Hur isn't some centuries-old tale that can also serve as its own historical figure of sorts. Now, the story does run concurrent with the time of Jesus. In fact, in kind of a clever way, the story of Jesus is running in the background of the story of Judah Ben-Hur. The book's subtitle, uh, which is shown during the movie's opening, is A Tale of the Christ. A map shown at the beginning of the film has Judea near the center, just east of the Mediterranean Sea, but the sea is labeled as Mar Internum, meaning inner sea. And as an American, I've always seen the Mediterranean as having this mystique to it. It's been so important to most of the stories and cultures we've touched on so far. In a very direct way, it connects Italy, Greece, Turkey, Egypt, and the rest of North Africa, not to mention Spain, France, and Israel. Though when you break its name down, you realize it basically just means sea in the middle of the land. Meta is like middle, medium, and Terranean, like terra, terrestrial, earth, land. So again, sea in the middle of the land kind of makes it a little less, uh, less mysterious or less dignified even. Anyway, the opening voiceover says Judea has been under Roman control for a century in the year Jesus was born. And this is a small exaggeration. Our old friend Pompey sacked Jerusalem in 63 BCE about 15 years before he was beheaded by Ptolemy XIII of Egypt in an attempt to please Julius Caesar. Then, unless I'm missing something or heard it wrong twice, they mistakenly show Jesus born in the seventh year of the reign of Augustus Caesar. And this should be the 27th or 28th if they're shooting for 1 CE. And in fact, they show Anno Domini big on the screen, no number, just meaning this is the year of the Lord. Though, again, Jesus was born around 4 BCE. History's just never nice and tidy, is it? Just a real quick rundown of uh, Ben-Hur, so spoiler alert. Judah Ben-Hur is a noble in Jerusalem who was sentenced for a crime he didn't commit by a Roman tribune who had been his friend when they were kids. After a few years as a galley slave, the ones who row the ships, he saves a Roman consul and becomes that consul's adoptive son in Rome. Finally, he returns to Jerusalem and beats his old friend in a chariot race. All the while, he's worried about his mother and sister who, was, who were thrown in a dungeon when he was arrested. They've contracted leprosy, but are cured as Jesus dies on the cross. There, I just saved you three and a half hours. But really, you do need to watch Ben-Hur if you haven't seen it already. 
And I thought I was more familiar with it. But as I watched I and started thinking about it, I realized that I probably actually hadn't seen it in 20 years. Just as in The Last Temptation of Christ, the Judeans aren't pleased at being part of the Roman Empire. And a complete examination of the historical geography of this region is outside of our scope here. But in broad strokes, after the Jews were led out of Egypt by Moses, again, that's not historical, they settled in the Promised Land on the east bank of the Mediterranean. The larger kingdom of Israel consisted of a region called Israel in the north and a region called Judah in the south, where Jerusalem is relocated. And Jerusalem is one of the oldest cities in the world, with the first settlements believed to have been established 55 to 6,500 years ago. Ancient Egyptian records from long before the time of Moses make mention of the city. It's historically significant to Christians, Jews, and Muslims alike. One of the most memorable and spectacular sequences in the history of film is the chariot race in Ben-Hur. The filmmakers actually built the bulk of what you see in the movie on a set covering 18 acres and built over the course of a year. It had been so long since I'd seen the movie that I actually cheered out loud when Judah's old friend and rival gets thrown from his chariot and leads to Judah winning the race. Chariot racing was extremely popular in ancient Greece and Rome and continued in the eastern half of the Roman Empire, which became the Byzantine Empire, after the fall of the West. It was every bit as dangerous as it appears in the movie, but with money on the line, there will always be those willing to compete. According to Wikipedia, one successful chariot driver had lifetime winnings the equivalent of $15 billion today. We briefly see the Emperor Tiberius in the movie when he agrees to give Judah to the consul he rescued instead of returning him to the galleys. Tiberius was the stepson and successor of Augustus. He was the second of five emperors in what's known as the Julio-Claudian dynasty. He had been a successful military leader and seems to have been reluctant to become emperor. His will named his grandnephew Caligula and his grandson Tiberius Gemellus as co-emperors, but Caligula quickly had Gemellus killed. If you're at all interested in this time period for Rome, I strongly suggest you check out the miniseries from the 70s, I, Claudius. It covers a span of about 70 years before and after the time of this story today and gets into all the plotting, murdering, and marrying behind the thrones of the early emperors. I also haven't mentioned yet how Caesar evolved from the name of Julius and Augustus to the title for the emperor himself, regardless of family history. And not everyone knows that the Russian term czar and the German term kaiser both evolved from the name Caesar. Also in the movie, we see Judah's mother and sister contract leprosy. Leprosy is a now-treatable bacterial infection spread by human-to-human contact and is more common in poorer parts of the world. There is evidence showing humans dealing with the disease at least 4,000 years ago. And it's actually not as contagious as commonly believed, but in the days before modern treatment, few were willing to take any chances, and that's how we ended up with leper colonies, like the one Judah's family goes to in the film. It wasn't until the 1980s, actually, with widespread multi-drug therapy, that the number of cases of leprosy worldwide finally plummeted. And there are still leper colonies in China, India, and Africa today. Ben-Hur was a massive success, both critically and financially. It won 11 Academy Awards, including Best Picture, and it's tied with Titanic and The Return of the King for the most wins in Oscar history. Director William Wyler is one of the best directors in Hollywood who most people aren't familiar with anymore. 
He's the only director of three Oscar winners for Best Picture, uh, the other two being The Best Years of Our Lives from 1946 and Mrs. Miniver from 1942. He also directed the film debuts of both Audrey Hepburn and Barbara Streisand. He was nominated for Best Director 12 times, four more than anybody else. And finally, before I sign off, I do need to again mention the film Intolerance from 1916. The story of Jesus is one of the four timelines in that film, as Jesus deals with the intolerance of Romans and fellow Jews who were not receptive of his message. It is a segment of the film with the least amount of screen time, though it does call Jesus the greatest enemy of intolerance. Just as in the modern 1916 storyline, people are complaining about young people having fun. Meanwhile, Jesus helps out at a wedding by turning water into wine. We later see Jesus come to the aid of an adulterous woman being stoned by the Pharisees, which were basically a group of conservative Jews who who Jesus put his heads with. He says to them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. They then jump to Jesus being sentenced by Pontius Pilate and being crucified. In the film, it's all cut back and forth as the four timelines of intolerance reach their climax at the same time. So, yeah, short and sweet. That's really all I had. Uh, Again, if you have ideas of what I could do in bonus episodes, let me know. And I'll have another one coming up next week, maybe. 